Hello and welcome to another EG podcast from the UK Reef Conference in Leeds. I'm Tim Burke, EG's Deputy Editor, and I'm sitting with Deborah Cadman, Chief Executive of Birmingham City Council, and Neil Martin, Chief Executive for Europe at Lendlease. And we're talking about the importance of public and private partnerships, but specifically how the Council and Lendlease have developed a vision for Birmingham's Smithfield Scheme, a 42-acre mixed-use development in the centre of the city. Deborah Neil, thank you both for joining EG today. Deborah, we were speaking on another podcast that our listeners can revisit about how Birmingham City Centre and further afield than just the city centre is, is changing. What does the Smithfield scheme capture for you about a new vision for the centre of the city? So uh, essentially, it's, it's not just what we're doing, it's how we're doing it that's really important. So, so the Smithville scheme is, as you introduced, it's one of the largest inner city regeneration schemes in the country. And we are really proud and excited to be the host of that and to be the beneficiaries of not just financial investment, but be the beneficiaries of people who are incredibly skilled in this work, who are prepared to work hand in hand with us to deliver this. Neil, when you looked at that 42-acre site, what, what did you see in it that captured the, the collective Lend-Lease imagination? So I think the first point is what captured it was, Deb has done a lot of panels over the last few days, um, and very well, I must say. And she talked on one of those panels about relationships. She said, you know, she was talking about the strength of relationships and aligning and having a vision. So you can go to Birmingham and you can see a really big site. It's, uh, it's cleared, it's, you know, brownfield. And you can imagine something being there, but without actually meeting Deborah, the team, and listening to their excitement for the city, you know, the cycleways they're going to create, which is hopefully 124 more miles and things like that, and their vision of what Birmingham is and can be, you then get really excited about, we've got to get that piece of land without even really knowing what you're going to do. You're then like, oh, we've got to be a part of this vision. And that, to me, was what sold us on Birmingham. It wasn't, it was that team, that vision from Birmingham City Council just blew us away. So it was the passion that they showed as well, as well as what they were saying, it was the way that they were, yeah, they pitching might be the wrong word. Yeah, look, Deborah, you, you and I talk a lot about this. You know, we can do our thing at Smithfield and it will be brilliant, trust me, but it will, could be amazing if it's part of your vision for Birmingham. And it's, and it's that vision that you often, we talk about, about what is it about skills? What's it about community? Uh, you know, places for everybody, you know, the, how you want to green up the city. Us being part of that in a small way, that, that to me is what we're after. It is, but also, you know, Neil, you know, it can't just be about, you know, us being excited and excitable and saying, oh, yeah. this is going to be great. You, you know that it's, it's underpinned by not just confidence, but this unrelenting commitment to deliver something quite wonderful. Yeah, and, and that was, you saw that play out in the Commonwealth Games, mm, you know, absolutely. all the noise around the Commonwealth Games, fantastic event, execution, brilliant, vision, execution. And I think that's a thing that we take comfort in, you know, how we've used, you know, the LEP, involved the LEP in the scheme, you know, how we're talking to the community, your officers, just relentless pushing it forward to achieve that, I think, what will be one of the best regeneration schemes in the country, if not the world, and we need it to be that. Yeah, and, and I think that's... Do you know, we, we've both got a stake, we've both yeah, got we stake <laughs> commitment to this. We want it to be brilliant for a variety of reasons, for, 
for the city, but more importantly for his residents, and to be part of that offer to world investors. But, you know, for what it, I know you've got a number of reasons that you need it to be yeah. brilliant as well. So, so I've, you know, I've talked previously about none of this is a zero-sum game. You win, we lose. It yeah. can't be about that. And we've been very open and honest about, you know, if we work in a particular way, everyone benefits from this wonderful this wonderful program and project that we've put in train. Yeah, it's that alignment. So we can't take all the risk, you can't take all the risk. And if we're actually going to make it work, it's about how our scheme helps you achieve greater ambitions for Birmingham. That's how I look at it. So clearly we want to build the, you know amazing place, create jobs, have the community supporting us in the design of it. But it has to be part of a bigger jigsaw. And that, and that bigger jigsaw, I think, is the thing that you launched, was it yesterday? It was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I get it right, and if, I, if yeah. I don't, don't say. But if I think, I think I've got it right. Yeah. Uh, the Future Cities Framework, your Future City Framework. That's right. And, and, and how Smithfield plays into that, I think, is really important. And watching what else you'll be executing across Birmingham comes back to that point about execution. And, and I think you refer to, to this being a jigsaw piece, and it's absolutely right. But we're seeing it as, as the main jigsaw piece that everything else follows on from. So the way in which we connect Smithfield into the broader Digbeth area, the connectivity about that and the flow of, of, of people and footfall and is, is going to be really important to the success of Digbeth just as much as it will be to the success of Smithfield. You can't have a development working on its own. No, it's got to fit not. in. It's yeah, got yeah. to, I mean, we have a word, you know, it's sort of, it's permeable, which yeah, maybe you like the word, maybe you don't, but how it fits in with the rest of the community, how yeah. it's an access point. That's why Festival Square, which will be the big centrepiece, and the markets are so important. It's not really about Smithfield. They're markets for Birmingham. Festival Square is a square for Birmingham. And, if we, and therefore, we've got to make it that our site has many routes of access if, if that's to activate that place. Does that, does that mean that you and the team at Lendlease need to be communicating with other developers and other private sector companies as well as Deborah and the team? within the council? Absolutely. So, I mean, I'm not going to name check any because, I mean, obviously I'm Lendlease, but yeah, clearly we need to work with those other schemes that are going on. So, you know, Deborah's talked about Digworth. There's a big scheme there. BBC are moving there, which is great. That can only help with that incubation of media there. We've got to have one eye to that. We've got to be talking to them. Schemes have to work together, including HS2. And somebody made a really good point. Birmingham's way more than that, but it's a great opportunity to leverage that. So, how London talks to Birmingham is really important. I know that might sound highfalutin, but it's really important we get that right as well, as well as Digworth, as well as the other things that are going on in the city. So we all need to be sharing information, what we're up to, because they, they help each other. Yeah. So if any of our listeners don't know what the Smithfield scheme is going to deliver, take us through what that will change in the city centre. And maybe, I don't know if you can give us a flavour of how those plans themselves changed over the course of, of working on them. Yeah, so in, in, in a high level, it's 17 hectares. Um, it's got a huge festival square that will hold up to 8,000 people. So, you know, the fan zone was there during the Commonwealth. That's a really big part of it. We're moving the central markets to a new purpose-built building. I've seen the designs. They're in for planning. I think they look amazing. Mm, they do. They, they do. look truly it's got that lovely architectural feel about being modern but reflecting Birmingham. I don't know if you've noticed the architecture in Birmingham. Some of it's just wonderful with the columns, the bow windows, and it's got a bit of that flavour. We'll deliver over 3,000 homes, a mixture of built to rent, affordable open market sales, 
It's about 1.7 million square feet of commercial. There's 40,000 square feet of community use yet to be determined, but you think of creches and maybe schools and that sort of space. So that's really what it is. 10% of it will be green. We're going to plant a thousand trees. So there's a lot of planting going on. So that's really what it is. But more than that, it's got to be fit for the future. So who are we hoping to attract? You know, incubate companies as well as anchor companies, mixture of residents, mixture of resident type, because you've got to get all of that working together. You know, and we were talking earlier about skills, the importance of getting of skills and making sure there's a big impact there. And, you know, it's, I heard again another panel that was Beck Seely, the MD for Lendlease, was really driving hard the need for skills. And it's something that, you know, Deborah and your team often yeah, talk absolutely. about. Absolutely. And it's, it's not out of the realms of possibility for people who live in Smithfield to see commuting to London as a real possibility through high speed too, and vice versa, actually. So, so it's really, really exciting. But, but you know it's going to be a decade or more before Curzon Street is open. So when we talk about a porous plan and... You, you know, it, we've got to make sure that as the world changes, what we're trying to deliver in Smithfield changes as well. So, you know, the, you know, the last five years has meant the cities, you know, how we view city centres is completely different. So, so we have to make sure that there's a there's a bit of flexibility in what we're hoping to achieve over the next ten years as well. Neil, how did the Lendlease team go about engaging with communities in and around Smithfield? to sort of bring them on, I know this is a cliche, but bring them on that journey with you as you yeah. put the plans together. It's quite a rhetorical question because I'm also going to say we did a great job. Now, there'll be, there'll be views about that. Um, but clearly, any development, you have to take time. And that's why people complain about planning at times because you've got to put the time in. You've got to go out. Before you even put pen to paper, you've got to set up forums to engage with what people would like to see there. You know, what, what do they think city living is? What, what, what is it that they think that Birmingham needs more of or less of? So you have to get those scopes and those briefs. And so you do that by having working sessions with the public. There's lots of community forums that you can tap into, which is great. Of course, and then you've got to start fleshing that out into scope, some early drawings. Again, you've got to take on board people's comments. And even at a later stage when we've got planning, we're taking on people's, because we've submitted planning, we're taking on comments now, whether it's Historic England or some of the community groups, because it's a, it, it's a process. And, and actually, it's a bit of a compromise. You know, you can't be all things to all people. You've got to find a middle ground, because, you know, some people would want the square to be bigger, Festival Square. But there's a limit to how big it can be economically and also to get people in and out. So there's trade-off. There's trade-offs if you make the square bigger, you'll lose some of the housing. You've just got to balance all of that. And, and I think that's what you have to do. And communicate again and again and again. You just can't do enough. Were there any messages that really surprised you during that process? Things people wanted that you might not have been thinking about or things you assumed would be a given that no, I seemed think, to resonate less? I think people just want a, a, a place for everybody and that comes loud and clear, not just for Smithfield, a place for Birmingham. And I think that really came out yeah. loud and clear. I it think, did, yeah. Wouldn't you say, Deborah? Yeah, I did. Yeah, and I, I would agree, absolutely. And, and people feel connected and a sense of ownership about the vision for Smithfield but more importantly want to be a part of it not in a negative sense but you know I can see people when when 
Why would that be in a negative sense? Do you mean people sort of complaining about a redevelopment? Yeah, I mean, mean, there's there's positive challenge, you know, and people wanted to have a conversation with us. And our response is, well, you know, we're really curious about this. So so explain to us why you want this. And, And sometimes people want stuff because they don't understand the context and don't understand the impact. And once you do spend time talking it through with them, they kind of say, oh, I get it now. I understand, you know. But you've got to invest that time in the, uh, around engaging and informing people. In terms of time scale, um, the plans are in. When might, when might you hope for that to be in front of committee? Because I talk to a lot of people who point to Birmingham as one of the most proactive planning committees in terms of, let's say, not having to wait around a long time for schemes to, uh, for schemes to come up in front of committee and get a decision on. Do we have a rough a rough outline of what we might be looking at? So what I would say is that is that Birmingham's got a reputation for having a frictionless planning service, and we're really proud of that. It's really important that this project is one of the main exemplifications of the future city framework. You know, we need to make sure that that we that we ensure that the process works as quickly and as smartly as possible to get it agreed. Not, not just before members, but I want a positive agreement of that because, you know, we will go loud on the fact that this is the first demonstration of Birmingham being really proactive about the delivery of the Future City Framework. Because one of the, you know, one of the questions that was asked yesterday in the launch, quite rightly, was, you know, this is brilliant, it's fantastic, but, you know, what about delivery? And I think we were able to, to demonstrate we've got real confidence about delivery but we're also absolutely clear we can't deliver it on our own. So, so it's really important to me and to the City Council and to Lendlease and the City that we say, OK, we said we would do this and look, do you know what, we've done it. So what I can say to you is that we will expedite the process as safely as we possibly can to get positive output as soon as we can. Something of a tangent then, what does it take to offer that frictionless planning setup? Because I don't talk to many real estate decision makers who talk about other local authorities in the way that they do Birmingham to be fair and I think many others provide developers with a lot more in the way of headaches stretched out time scales unclear perhaps decision making what 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 has Birmingham done right because we we've, we've both mentioned there I mean it, it people do sing the committee's praises well we want we want the same thing right so why would I make it difficult why, why would I do that when when actually I want the first sod turned as quickly as possible. I want the first house to be made available to somebody who wants to come and live in our city. You know, so so why would I proactively, you know, put obstacles in the way? Now, that's not to say we've got an unsafe process, not at all, but I'm putting my best people on this who know what they're doing, who are focused on delivery, that can work hand in hand with Lendlease to make this a success. It's that culture, Tim. So, I mean, that, you heard it right there. That it, and we started this podcast about passion and vision. That's exactly it. So you hear that sort of language. It's that culture from the top. It permeates down. We have to show that we properly engage because you can't rush the process. So we genuinely, you know, we've got to do it genuinely. We've got to give it a sufficient time. But it's that. So if you know that you're going to get that process because the leader is very keen, the chief exec is very keen for it to happen, providing that it's a process to demonstrate you've done sufficient engagement, that's great for a developer. How different can that experience be? I won't ask you to point to any other schemes where I, you, you wouldn't want to name anyone, but how different can those experiences Very. be in the relationships that you end up having with it's, you local know, authorities? It's, 
very hard in sometimes, uh, frustratingly hard. And you, you, when you stand back and you're trying to work out why is that? Because the engagement we do, you know, we do engagement everywhere with the community. There is an element of, I think, the local authorities are under-resourced in their planning departments for, for genuine reasons. You know, so uh, they train really good people, and then what happens? The private sector poach them and make them master planners. It, you know, so I, I'm guilty of doing this as we all are, and it's something that we have to fix. And as a as a developer, a big developer, I look at it and think, well, lend me. I've got to be careful how, what I say here, but there's not an unreasonable desire for us to pay a bit more. So if we paid more for our planning application that was expedited, say, and it was that money was in ring fence to recruit more people in the planning department and pay them the equivalent wage of what they can earn in the private sector, that would help. Because often it comes down to purely resources within that department, honestly. I know it sounds quite low key, but that makes massive difference. I'm sure a lot of my colleagues in the development industry would be prepared to pay more for an expedited service if that money was then used to strengthen those planning departments. I'm sure this hasn't all been um, this hasn't all been easy, though. Having said that, what are the biggest challenges, stumbling blocks that the two of you in fact have found in getting this vision clear uh, and set out with clarity, and then developing the relationship that the council has with with Lendlease on this scheme? What are, the, what are the biggest risks that you face and how do you work through any problems that arise? So I'll go, I'll go back to my original statement, really. It's, it's got to be about starting from the same place and the right place, which is what do we want to achieve and, and having shared endeavour. And, and that's got to be the same, that, that's got to be the starting point. I mean, the, the, the plan that was first developed and talked about is different now because, you know, it started six years ago five, six years ago, and the world's changed. You know, the world literally has changed on its axis, hasn't it? So, so whatever we thought was right six years ago has had to be moderated and changed to reflect the way that people want to live, work, play, and travel. And, and that has an impact on, you know, on what we want to see in Smithfield. Now, that's not to say it's a major problem, because we both, we both understand and realise that that we, you know, the plan has to be right. So, so that's taken discussion, negotiation, but but all, always rooted in the fact that we both want this to happen in the right way, and that's and, and being open and honest, you know. And and I trust, I trust Neil. You know, I do trust Neil because I know that he wants he wants the right thing, you know. So I'm I'm prepared to have those conversations and to negotiate on that basis yeah and that's very kind of deborah i mean it is alignment and i can give you an example where we there was a you know a slight bump in the road you know we had visions of starting you know developers like to get going pour you know pour some concrete go vertical get some capital in you know we do like building um and you know the commonwealth games coming to birmingham great and then the site that was in smithfield was taken over for the fan zone and also Basketball or was it volleyball? Basket, I can't remember which one it was in there. It was um, um, uh, volleyball well, and basketball. Oh, okay, three both. by three basketball. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was extraordinary. Extraordinary. It was extraordinary. But, 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 yeah, but when I heard that, I was like, oh, I said that like, what, 18 months, two years? But you loved it. I, I did love you it. Loved I loved it. it. <laughs> I did love it. I did. I was just giving the audience a, a chance to see that. And so, you know, as a developer, <laughs> when that first, like, you what? We're meant to be machines and pouring and we'll have planning before then. So that all clearly delayed, right? But in the grand scheme of things, it actually will be a silver lining. And the reason it'll be a silver lining is twofold. One, it just strengthened the relationship to have that conversation. 
that's one. But two, it activated that space in people's minds. And I don't know if you went there during the games, heaving, like absolutely heaving. So even though there's nothing there, people have already associated. So we've got a bit of brand and uplift. So that space has already been sort of semi-activated in people's minds. That will help us in the long run. And, and what was really great about, about this site was that people arrived at the station and walked down and said, this has taken five minutes. You know, and we, we thought, we thought this, this place was like, you know, miles out of the city centre. And, oh, we can, and, and people say, yeah, actually, I can see myself. I can see myself maybe investing in this or living in this or opening a shop here. Because then I know that it's another 10 minutes to high speed to Antigua's. You know, so we were able to kind of share where this place was in a way that we would have struggled to otherwise. One thing I noticed talking to you both about this scheme is that your personal rapport is, is so evident. What does that change on a scheme like this? Would it matter if the two leaders weren't necessarily getting on and communicating and both buying into the vision personally? Would the rest of the organisations just get on with it? Or does this give it just that added impetus when the two of you at the top of your organizations are clearly so clearly on the same page communicating clearly about what's needed and and dare I say it from this conversation having a bit of fun doing so so you know we're both professionals I mean I work with a lot of people that I don't I don't particularly I wouldn't go for a drink with them but but at a professional level yeah of course I work with them because it's the right thing to do the fact that that Neil and I get on well and we've got the same value base it's just a brilliant added extra actually and it, and it makes what we do fun you know yeah I think that's absolutely true and cult and, and leadership you, you forget you know Deborah and myself are lucky enough to be or have earned that position to be quite senior in our organizations we cast a long shadow and sometimes I think we forget that so our shadows are long and, and it's really hard by the way so at times you know you know you're not always the best per version of yourself which is not great and uh, but we cast a long shadow and I think Deborah's right professionally of course you'd get on with everybody you have to right because you know it's the way of the world but if you can have the same sort of relationship you know at a personal level as well it does make it easy because our shadows are long so the organization sees that as you've just as you've commented and clearly that makes it easier because it sets the culture and I think that really does help if you can get that clearly it's an added bonus and a final thought, what would you like other cities to look at Smithfield and perhaps learn from what, you, what you've done so far and your vision of what that scheme will deliver? This is big. I mean, it's one of the, it will be one of the biggest, if not the biggest, inner city regeneration programmes. And I want other local authorities and other cities to look at Birmingham and the Lendlease Partnership and think, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, exactly that. It's that inspiration and aspiration. It doesn't have to be the same scale because every, every small step helps. But seeing that it can be done working with private and public sector in a, a partnership together for the benefit of everybody, and I mean genuinely everybody, yeah, I'd like to think that people might think, well, if they can do it, we can do it. Why can't we do it? That would be a lovely statement to yeah. leave behind. And, and also the way that we're doing it. So, so we've got inclusive growth at the heart, you know, and Neil's absolutely right. It is for everyone, you know, and... You, you know, the way Lendleys have really lent in and embraced that whole principle of inclusive growth and inclusivity and, and 
you know, allowed us to connect that into our aspiration for levelling up our communities has been quite phenomenal. And, and, and that big message about you can, you can do it differently and it can still be brilliant. Perfect. Neil, Deborah, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts uh, with EG's listeners. Um, and thank you for listening. If you want to catch up on the rest of EG's podcasts from UK Reef, you can head to egi.co.uk forward slash news. <laughs>